Hey folks, welcome to the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins. This is where we take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. Thanks for joining us for this episode 15. Very interesting conversation we have here. Uh, This is special to me because uh, the person that I get to talk with and you get to hear very interesting and unique and dynamic and compelling content uh, is Brecklin Chumley. Uh, This is a name that you almost certainly have not heard unless uh, you're friends with me on Facebook because she was the very first hire for Riskwell. And I thought it would be great uh, to take my mother-in-law's advice, actually. Shout out to Pam Kraus for suggesting that I bring Brecklin on as an interview guest uh, to give some perspective to everybody out there on the other side of the launch, the other side of the Freedom Jump. Uh, Brecklin's candor in this episode, I think, is just fantastic. Uh, I am excited to listen to it myself. So, as we get started, I'll ask the same three things that I always ask. If you would be so kind as to subscribe to the Agency Freedom Podcast on whatever platform you find yourself listening on. Second, drop us a review if you like what you hear. You know, 10, 20 seconds of your life. Just tell people, hey, this is what I get from AFP. Lastly, and most importantly, share AFP with someone in your circle that needs this content. They're either a captive agency owner or a team member or there's someone who has made their freedom jump and wants to operate on a higher level. So that is the mission of what we are doing. Thanks so much for being on this journey with us. And let's go ahead and roll that bumper and get right into this candid conversation with employee number one at Riskwell. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, episode 15. Thanks for joining us on Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins, and we are bringing our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. This is a different episode. I am really excited to see where this conversation goes. It's probably unlike any other episode we will ever do on this podcast because uh, I don't have some outside guest somewhere. Uh, Allison, uh, my wife, was uh, episode eight, uh, the very first interview. But this one is different because 
I am sitting here with the first hire for Riskwell. Uh, before we were even Riskwell, back when we were under the uh, former name, possibly the worst name of any insurance agency ever, James Jenkins and Associates, which sounds like some small town law firm. Looking back on it now, it's comical. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you were hired for that company that doesn't even exist anymore. Now it's Riskwell. Yeah. Um, okay, so I thought it would be really fun and insightful for everybody out there to hear from employee, from team member number one. Brecklin has been here since literally the first day uh, when she didn't know anything at all about the insurance world. Um, I'm going to ask her some questions about her perspective about uh, growth and development and hiring and communication, technology, systems, processes, all the things. Because Brecklin, obviously, uh, is a great representation of your team, uh, listener, Freedom Jumper. The people that are on this journey with us, we all have teams. Even if you're not the agency principal, even if you're you're just an equity partner or uh, you're a, a sales uh, producer, risk advisor, whatever your title is, we all work within a team, unless you're you know, a very small majority or a minority of people, I should say, that are solo operators, where they don't have a team, where they are the entire agency. And God help you if that is you right now. If you're that person, my very first thing is, for God's sake, hire someone. Uh, even if it's a remote team member, a VA, you cannot scale. You cannot reach anything close to meaningful success all by yourself that wow what a bad place to be so hopefully you have a team so i'm just gonna open this up by saying brecklin chumley welcome to agency freedom podcast thank you for joining us um brecklin is not uh, entirely comfortable being on <laughs> this side of the microphone uh, she does a lot of audio video work at church and other places uh, she is um Definitely one of those glue people that doesn't always like to be front and center, but uh, you are today. So thank you for uh, indulging me when I asked you to come on and <laughs> do an interview. Um, why don't you share with everybody uh, who you are, uh, what your role is here, and just kind of the three-minute version of your experience in the last two-plus years on our team. My role. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> everything. Yeah, ev uh, everything. A little bit of everything other than sales, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so I came to James Jenkins Agency, as uh, James had previously stated. Um, <laughs> it's just the worst. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it, was, it was a mouthful to uh. say. When we would answer the phone, we quickly shortened it to JJA. Oh um, man! <laughs> but that web address, that oh, domain, JJAIRM.com. I honestly, what was I thinking? I, I don't know. I, I have questions because <laughs> you know you have to spell it out. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I have um, to make fun of myself there because that is definitely one of my biggest flops. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. Um, no, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, you're good. So <laughs> I came really not knowing anything, like you said, about insurance. Um, I came because this guy from my parents' uh, church group kept asking me, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll do an interview. <laughs> and um, it, it ended up going really well. And I was like, wow, there looks like a lot of opportunity to grow here. Um, and so I quickly said yes and started 
on the team about a week and a half later, I think it was, two weeks later, I'm not sure. Um, and I jumped in both feet, like real fast. Um, so from there, I've done quoting, I've done service, I've done personal lines, commercial, um, a lot of the, uh, I don't even know what to call it, office manager kind of position. Um, <laughs> still a little, do a little bit of all of them. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a lot whenever I look back and say, wow, I've done all of these different job roles in the past two years. But it's been really cool because I've gotten so many different perspectives um, on, in each of those categories. Like we have those three umbrellas that we work with are commercial, personal, and REI. And so I've gotten to work with each of those um, kind of clients and it's been really fun. So, What did you do before RiskWell? What, what was your professional experience before? Um, I didn't really have any <laughs> um, other than I worked at a Christian school in Prague, the Czech Republic um, for three years. And then I came back and worked in a sales position at um, a clothing store and then at a chiropractor's office. And I was at that place for about two months, maybe, before coming here. Um, before so, I yeah. ruthlessly <laughs> poached you away from exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I didn't have any experience in the business world. I didn't know what that looked like. Yeah. No, I, I got to say, I am a huge fan of taking someone uh, that doesn't have any insurance experience, but has all the right intangibles. I mean, how many times have we sat around this table when we're talking about you know, potentially hiring <laughs> someone? Give me three months I can teach you insurance. Everything you need to know about the basics of insurance, two, three months. And we can't teach drive. We yeah. can't teach a commitment to personal excellence. And you, you can't teach character. You can't teach uh, work ethic. You can't teach attitude. Yeah, exactly. You can't teach the right personality. Those are things that I've always been a fan of hiring for. And, you know, of the seven people that we've decided to invite to the team who ended up joining us, you know, five of them are still here. Yeah. So, uh, and with the exception of, of Roy, who came with a mountain of prior experience and yeah. into a sales position, I mean, nobody has had the insurance experience no. uh, when, when they joined the team. So, uh, I, close to what he had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Roy had 16 years of experience yeah. in the industry um, and, and now is doing weather full time. Yeah. Just as an aside, good for you, Roy Ponder. I mean, 70,000 subscribers on YouTube crazy. and growing. It's so awesome. Very awesome. happy for him. Um, so why RiskWell? What was it at the beginning that made you say, yeah, you know what? This guy who keeps bugging me, who's <laughs> friends with my parents, why did you say, sure, I'll join a scratch brand new startup insurance agency that I mean, you didn't know anything about insurance. You had no idea the beauty of residual income, um, nope. which uh, is part of your comp plan. We'll talk about comp plan yep. in, a, in a general sense because a lot of questions from agency owners about, hey, uh, what's your comp plan? How do you pay your people? How do you attract and recruit and you know, we, I don't mind saying we don't have a benefits plan yet. Uh, we instituted a long-term and short-term disability uh, on August 1st. That's the first component of the benefits yeah. that we've uh, brought in. We're not really going to talk that much about comp and benefits, uh, but it's it's an important factor. So we'll, we'll tack that question on um, later on in the conversation. But why risk well? Why did you say yes? Why did you even take a chance on this thing? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Like looking back, um, it was crazy. It was a crazy thing to do. Um, <laughs> for <laughs> it was sure. crazy. For sure. Yeah. Um, but a big part of the reason I said yes was first off, my first role coming in was being that front door person. Um, Director of happiness. Director of happiness, and I love that name. Everybody comments on it. It's 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 much more fun than saying, um, what what is it like a receptionist? So, front desk. Front desk. Yeah. Director so. of first impressions <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, no, I just my thing in life is I love to serve people and I love serving others and just um, being a smiling face whenever somebody walks in or even through the phone. Um, and so I knew I had the opportunity to do that here. And that was a big thing for me. Um, but I also love trying something new. And so when this opportunity arose, I was like, oh, wow, this could be something totally like, I've, who would ever think that I would do insurance? Like, I love kids. I love um, serving in that kind of capacity. And so I, never in a million years had I th like would I have thought that I would have stepped in here. And so that was a big, big part of the reason I said, yeah, let's go for it. Let's, let's start a new adventure. Well, you're, you're in good company there because I don't think anyone <laughs> who's actually owning an insurance agency, unless they're a, a second generation kind of thing, no one grows up thinking to themselves, when I grow up, I want to own an insurance agency. Like that just doesn't happen. Uh, sorry, firefighters, astronauts, <laughs> doctors. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well for you so far, yeah, I think. Yeah, really when when you look back on the last two years, you know you come in, and we got off to a fast start, um, <laughs> for sure. just like hair for sure. on fire. For the first, what is it, March to October, so mm -hmm. um, seven months almost. Yeah. It's just you and me, the two of us in this office. And I look back, we wrote. Almost $800,000 in written premium in seven months with someone who's brand new to the insurance industry and someone who used to be a captive farmer's agent. Almost $800,000, just two people. Looking back on it now, it's like, how? Oh, I ask myself that question every day. How in the heck did we get through that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know how we did that. But I White mean, knuckling. It, it was, Like yeah. a, a roller coaster. Yeah hair on fire for eight months. <laughs> um, so when, when you look back on your time with Riskwell, what are some wins, some successes that stand out to you? Um, maybe a specific client interaction, maybe reaching a goal of some sort. What stands out in, in your time here? Honestly, the first one I would say is how quick our team has grown. Like we have been... Um, so quick to add people on and it's it's just enhanced our culture so much um and so that's what that's one of the reasons like i love continuing to work here um but another goal and a celebration um i think is like seeing how quick the real estate investor world has grown it's been insane knowing what it started as like it's just mind-blowing um but the relationships that have continued you know, I went back the other day and um, was showing one of our our new co-workers, uh, one of our systems, our first systems that we used for real estate investors. And I got to see the first client that I wrote. And knowing that she is still here and we still write business for her and take care of those other policies, like that is huge. That's been almost three years ago now. 
Like yeah. that is, that's why I do this. That's why I love what I do is the client relationship part of this. Like make, helping people, um, first off, enjoy insurance. Um, I had a conversation with a guy yesterday. He was like, I, I dread insurance. Like I hate it. But the conversation we just had like makes me really excited, which is weird, you know? Um, so just it yeah. is weird. It, Anyone it's would, weird. The normal people in the general public would be excited about insurance for sure. Definitely. For sure. So yeah, those are just the conversations that I really enjoy. How can I? How can I? Like I said, better serve the, these people who, um, especially in the REI world, are running and gunning, like shooting from the hip constantly. Um, and so, how do we make that process easier? It's been it's been really cool to see that change too. Um, you know, we've had a lot of different processes throughout my time here. And seeing how seamless we have made that, how quick and easy for even for personal lines or commercial to get insurance, like that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. Like it's pretty awesome. So we're going to spend several minutes at the end of our time together talking about technology, systems, processes, the platforms that we use and how, how all of that plays into your role uh, on the team and in a larger sense, our, our team as a, as a unit. Um, so I don't want to dig into that yeah, cookie yeah, jar sure. just yet. Um, so that, that's on the good side. We've had a lot of challenges, yeah. uh, as any startup would, of course, but, um, specifically when you think of your time here, uh, and I already told you offline, but I'll say it here on, on the recording as well. Um, yes, I'm your employer, but I want you to be brutally honest. Uh, there have been a lot of things that I have not been great at, uh, at various times. Uh, thankfully I am given the opportunity to learn and improve. I will say it's an incredible privilege to have a team, uh, that is understanding of the fact that this is the first time I've ever had five, five employees, team members, you know, responsible for the professional success and satisfaction and, and development of five other humans you know, five other families are represented on our team. And, you know, a year from now, it's probably seven or eight. Uh, two years from now, it's probably 11 or 12. And it's like, okay, well, James, you better buckle up because <laughs> you're going to have to learn fast, buddy, because it's not going to get any easier. Um, so thank you for that, yeah, for, for allowing sure. me to learn. Um, a lot of people listening to this are thinking, how do I do that? How do I lead a team? Uh, it's hard enough leading yourself, really, as, yeah. as an individual. But um, for those of us that are uh, fortunate enough to be an agency principal, golly, that is definitely one of the most yeah. challenging things for me personally. Yeah, for sure. So I'll flip, flip it to you. That was the biggest lead-in on any question <laughs> probably ever. Okay. My questions take two minutes <laughs> to ask. When you think about the challenges, whether it be uh, something regarding a client or process or uh, inside of our office, um, interpersonal or technology or whatever, talk for a few minutes on the challenges because there's been a lot of them yeah. and we, we have evolved, we've overcome, but I want to acknowledge some of the difficulties and there's yeah. there's a lot to talk about there. For sure. Go ahead. For sure. Um, I know one big thing is, and this is something we all struggle with in this office, is the communication part. Communication has been super hard from the beginning, especially with the fast-growing team, um, figuring out all of um, all the different personalities. Like me, this is something James and I talk about often. I'm very passive. James likes to jump in and get to the point and like, let's get this done. 
That's a uh, shocker for, yeah. for <laughs> yeah, anyone for listening who knows me. What? <laughs> James Direct? I never would have never, thought. Never, never. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know like between James and I, that's where a lot of our conflict lies. Um, I tend to shy away from those conversations. And like I said, James wants to get in. Let's dig in. Let's get it done. Um, and so, yeah, communication is, is a big one uh, for, I would say, for all of us. Um, and then really the processes part of it has been a, a big challenge. Um, and that's simply because we've had so many different ones. Um, James will tell you this too. He likes to shoot from the hip sometimes randomly. Um, he gets excited. And so, um, that was a big, uh, that was a big sore spot, I think between him and the REI department. Um, we had one system that we had switched to and it just wasn't working. Um, you can name them. It, it's, it's better agency. Yeah, better agency. Um, it, it just didn't work for us. Um, it, we do something totally different. And so we had argued about it. I don't I don't even know how long, maybe almost was, a year. It was about eight months of active arguing. Yeah, it, it was. Um, and so we finally, we got to this point and James was like, don't mention that other, the, the active campaign one more time. And I was like, fine, you can fire me then. Like we need this back now. Um, and yep. so, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just a learning. It's, it's, it was a total learning process. Yeah. And because of that one conversation that drug out that long, um, the cool part is we've already seen that change. Like if there's something that's not working for one department, um, that hard conversation quickly turns into, okay, let's actually fix this. Let's get to the point and, and dig in. Yeah. And so that's, that's the cool thing about, um, about the conflict that we have, we quickly learn. Um, conflict so. leading to a solution, leading to improvement is a really healthy thing. It, it really is. It, yeah. And I, just a quick little aside here because I don't want anyone uh, to listen to what was just said and think that that means that better agency is you know not a great platform. I will say, and this is not a surprise to anybody. I'm a huge fan of Better Agency. The reason why that conflict happened is I had basically put my foot down and you know put the flag on the hilltop and said, no, we're using Better Agency. Yeah. Figure it out. Get over it. <laughs> and I stayed in that position and it caused a lot of challenges for our team because a big part of our office, according to year-to-date revenue, about 38% of our office's revenue comes from working with real estate investors. Our office insures more than 4,000 investment properties yeah. in 37 states. For being as small a team as we are, we are a very big deal uh, in the, the markets that we serve for real estate investors. You can't go in a Facebook group and ask about insurance <laughs> if it's an investor group uh, without having Riskwell get tagged you know, six, seven, yeah. eight, ten times. And we're very different there because most of those uh, policies are for alternative kinds of properties. Lots of flips, lots of vacant, lots of yeah. sub two. There, there's a lot of things that don't fit in a standard, you know, dwelling fire landlord market. Uh, obviously, a lot of standard companies, Travelers, uh, Safeco, American Modern, State Auto, Foremost, etc., have good appetite for that. But there's a lot of our business that's non-standard or written in a surplus yeah. and excess or Lloyd's program and uh, better agency. If you're doing personal lines, if you're oh, doing inside the box, yeah. 
And I would say the same for agency Zoom, for Insured Mind, for some other platforms that we don't have personal firsthand experience with. But man, Better Agency is absolutely phenomenal uh, if you're majority personalized, sure. if you're doing a lot of, uh, you know, carrier download, Ivan's, small commercial, you know, inside the box commercial. Love me some Better Agency. I'm a huge fan of that platform. And yeah. I don't tell my team this, but I fully expect us to go back to Better Agency at some point in the future uh, once the feature set is a little bit more um, customizable and, and flexible for quote unquote non standard business. Um, so sorry, Brecklin. Yeah, I mean no, you're good. You're good. Bubble, but. Well, and we, but we loved it too because, we, you know, we got to work hand in hand with Better Agency. And so they got to ask us questions on, hey, what does that real estate investor world look like? Like, this is a whole nother beast. Yeah. That not a lot of people know about. So getting to work hand in hand with that company, um, those guys over there was was really awesome. Like I hope one day that they can support what we need for that because um, it is it works perfect for personal lines and we still use it in fact for that area. So yeah, definitely. So as we transition now, uh, talking about some of those other things that you brought up, specifically the the team, the culture, what. What is it about the day-to-day? Because if you ask anybody out there who's seen content from me, who's heard me talk, uh, who's seen the stuff on social and whatnot, they know that a huge part of our success is the team. It's not even me at this point. Um, I, I brought you guys in, obviously. But what you're doing now is such an important part. Uh, like... Um, like Benito uh, said from from New Mexico uh, a couple of episodes ago, the team gets most of the credit. What is it about the day to day, the intangibles uh, of of being here? What is it the, the strength that you see? Because the team it operates on such a high level, the productivity, the deliverables, uh, all of the intangibles too. What do you think it is about the team? that allows that to be possible? Honestly, I think it is the authenticity. Um, every day that we walk in the door here, it's never a, oh, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And then that's the end of the conversation. You know, it really, um, we dig in deep with our relationships between all of our coworkers here. And that's where um, if you have that authenticity, the trust comes in. And so from there, you get to build off of that. Um and we have fun. We we enjoy what we do together, but we enjoy each other's company. And to me, that's huge. Um, Addie would tell you the same thing. Like if if one of us is having a hard day, how are we going to get them to push through it and get them to um, and get, get in a better mood? You know. Um, and so that's to me that is honestly the the biggest part of what we do. If we're not enjoying each other here, then how are we going to enjoy our job? How are we going to um, bring in those new clients and help them feel the warm fuzzies because if we don't have those within our relationships here, that's it's, it's going to stop, you know, when that phone rings. So yeah. I could not agree more with that assessment. I, I, I don't mind uh, the transparency that, hey, I would hang out with anybody exactly. on my team, like, you know, invite them over for dinner, you know, have, have a, you know, just casual social time. And I think that is really important you know, to enjoy the people that you are doing life with. Yeah. Um, because when you look at it, the number of waking hours that we spend together as opposed to how much time we spend with our families and our non-work friends, 
like we're around each other more than our families exactly during exactly. the waking hours yeah so my gosh it is so important to enjoy the people that you're around and with that i'm looking at the clock here and it is perfect time for a commercial break so we'll go ahead and pause let that commercial run and we'll come right back hey freedom jumper are you looking to take your business to the next level who isn't right write more business and see your agency succeed with nbs at nationwide brokerage solutions they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace that's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Okay, so second half of the interview. Uh, Racklin, we've already had some really good stuff. Thank you for uh, candor. I think interviews like this are only interesting and valuable if people are speaking freely. Uh, we'll talk a little bit now about hiring, about development, about just compensation strategy and how to balance the need for profitability uh, on the agency level with also making sure that the team, the individual team members feel uh, valued, feel compensated in, in a way uh, that is equitable to their uh, deliverables. Um, when it comes to our hiring, you've been in on every hiring conversation. My personal philosophy as the agency principal is that especially in the early stages, whatever you're doing from a hiring perspective should be inclusive of the other team members mm -hmm. uh, because they have to work with this person that you're hiring. I think there's a lot of buy-in with the hiring decision if you're inviting people into the process. Yeah. So w what have you seen, positive, negative, whatever, um, the hiring process that, that we do here. Uh, what's your perspective on the right way to be hiring? Uh, the, what agency principles, what decision makers need to be looking for to find that right person? What's your take on that? Um, for sure. I mean, for us, it really, it, it does go back to that culture. How are they going to interact with us when we sit down at that table? Is it going to be very um, cut and dry and to the point? Or are they going to take the time to um, hop into conversation with us outside of the questions that we ask? Um, not only that, are they going to ask questions? Because if they don't ask questions, that's a cause for concern in a, in a, in a sense. Um, and the reason being is um, if they're not willing to ask questions then, then during training or other situations, are they going to be too, um, too nervous to ask those questions outside of that? Um, so just make them feel comfortable. I would say that's the first thing. Um, if they don't feel comfortable, how are you, how are you going to get to that point? How are you going to see them interact with your team? Um, because I mean, that's one thing that, you know, we get to sit in here and we get to interview these people and we walk away and we get to say the positive things that we like, you know, what, what was it that, um, drew us to continue going on in conversation? Um, oftentimes our, uh, interviews can go 
somewhere to like 30 minutes over because we, we typically enjoy that person. Um, and so that's, that's a big, that's a really big one to me. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I, I tend to sit back and listen and take it in, honestly. Um, take the notes. Like if you're not taking notes, um, just to, to piggyback on and call that person later and just say, Hey, thanks for, thanks for opening up and, and being real with us. Um, that's, that's another big one. So the personality assessment mm-hmm. is a really big component for us. We yeah. put a lot of stock into, for us, we use culture index, a lot of other, uh, there's a lot of other good options out there, whether it's Myers-Briggs or the DISC assessment, you know, Strengths Finder. There's a lot of, of, of ways to get into someone's personality. What's your take on the value of personality assessments? I, I know we've had a lot of talk about the culture index and we always, you know, read that as a team. Uh, what's your take on that? Is there a lot of value in those kind of, of tools in the hiring process? Oh, geez, there's so much value. <laughs> um, not even like at the front, but you you go back like six months later after the person's been hired and you're like, holy cow, this thing is like spot freaking on. Like, <laughs> and we, we've done that. But it's really cool because you get to see not only how they interact with others, but you get to take each team member's um, personality test and you get to see how they're going to work with that person. And that is, that's huge because like you said, they're going to be working with them every day. Um, maybe not you as the boss, but us as the relationship managers, managers, the moment we hire one of them on, they're in that office with us. We are digging in to work life, but we're digging into personal life. And so if there's a lot of, um, not necessarily conflict, but if there's two personalities that don't rub really well together, um, it could be cause for tension. And, you know, we've had that in the past um, and we've learned to grow and get past those things, which was really cool. Um, it was it was hard. And I think everybody on the team would tell you that. But it was really rewarding in the end um, because we learned how to take those personality tests and really dig into one another um, in the relationships that we have with them. One of my favorite phrases is growth only comes from adversity. Mm-hmm. Growth only only comes as a product of facing challenges. And, you know, the uh, the team member uh, that you're referring to recently left our team on good terms. Yeah. Eligible sure. for rehire. Uh, it was one of those best mutual fit at this stage sort of things. Yeah. But learning from those conflicts, learning from those challenges... Uh, she's better off because of it. We're better off yeah, because of sure. it. A lot of really valuable lessons learned. Uh, it, it it's those kind of, of things that only happen when you're having those conversations mm-hmm. about communication style, conflict resolution style. I mean, yeah, they're not fun in the moment. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, I mean, really not fun yeah. in the moment. But so much positive growth comes from those kinds of of challenges. Um, as uh, I forget who it was, was talking about, you know, sandpaper makes everything smoother, but it's really rough. It's really yeah. uncomfortable in the moment. But th- that's the only way that something becomes more polished and smooth is, yeah, is exactly. with that abrasion on the surface. So um, talking now about the development process, as you said earlier, you have been Except for my office, <laughs> you've sat in literally every seat in this office, four different physical offices yep. as well. 
talk to me about your development as an insurance professional because there there's basically two schools of thought here there is the go out and recruit someone with talent with experience who's already licensed already trained up you don't have to spend your time and energy getting them from zero to one obviously that that's option one i'm a big fan of option two Hire for the intangibles, like we've already talked about, and then build in that skill set from zero. There's there's some challenges to that. Obviously, it takes a lot longer. Uh, it's not as expensive as bringing someone in that has experience because those kinds of people demand yeah. more compensation and typically expect full benefits and all that. Uh, there's pros and cons to both sides, obviously. Um, what has your development curve looked like? How have you as an individual invested in uh, your skills development, the, the way that you have become a professional in the insurance industry over the last two years? Uh, talk to me about your approach to the development process and, and maybe some things that you know, we can dialogue on here from, from a, you know, a leadership to team member perspective. Um, honestly, one of the things that um, even my father-in-law says this, flexibility is the best ability. And that's what I came into this job thinking about. Um, especially, you know, I got a call, uh, what was it, three days before I started, <laughs> that my position was going to look totally different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we've talked about that yeah. a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. We haven't really dove into, into that it, yeah. at all. Um, sure. um, let me let me just uh, go there for just a second. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brecklin was hired for the director of happiness role, the front desk. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, I had someone uh, who had been with me back when I was a farmer's agent for two years. Uh, she was a, a, a trusted, highly skilled, competent team member. And she was with me during the six months of transition mm -hmm. uh, from farmers to being an independent. And th there was a, a domestic incident, unfortunately. Uh, that person made a, made a, a difficult personal decision uh, to relocate uh, their family uh, literally overnight. Yeah. Um, and they left our team with no warning at all. This was <laughs> a Friday morning this happened. And Reckland was scheduled to start on the following Monday, March 18th of 2019. I'll remember it like yep. it was yesterday. So I get off, I was, I met with the, the former team member and literally as soon as I'm done with that, my first thought is, holy crap, I have to let Brecklin know what just happened and give her the opportunity to walk if that's what she wants to do. If she's not down for this. And I, I call Brecklin and I say, here's what happened. The role that I thought I was hiring you for doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. This is what I need done. Uh, are you down for, uh, a different role are you down for an adventure because i mean it was already going to be crazy man i mean real real talk it was already yeah, crazy sure. and then that happened and this young lady who's brand new to insurance is about to get thrown into a relationship manager role not knowing anything about yeah. really anything getting licensed at the same time that she's running quotes and with my oversight obviously and um yeah so talk to me about that what what was it about the pivot like how did you pivot so quickly and then from there the development go back to the development question from before and you can yeah. just talk about how you've been able to successfully cross train and pivot into basically four different roles 
over the last two years, just the natural evolution of your role in our team. Yeah, for sure. So first off, I got to say the moment he called me that day, I was terrified. I was like, man, I didn't get the job. <laughs> totally different, totally different scenario happened. Um, but uh, I don't even know. It was, it all happened so fast. I'm going to be really honest. Um, it was like, oh man, I need this job. Sure. Let's do it. Like, this is going to be fun. We're going to get this done. I had already gotten to sit down and talk with James. So I knew his kind of knew his personality. Um, and he seemed like he was going to be a good boss. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and so my development though, looked totally different than anyone else's on the team. Um, as James said, you know, I was the first hire, didn't know anything about insurance. I spent a lot of time literally sitting at his right hand, watching him do insurance. That's that was my job role for the first three months. <laughs> She's not kidding. I'm not, not That's even no joking. exaggeration. Not she even was my joking. shadow. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. But um, it's still kind of. Aren't crazy you glad you're about. not my shadow anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot of fun. We had we had some fun <laughs> doing that. Um, but yeah, so from there it looked like um, then I moved into this next office to James, and it was a lot of. Um, he would listen in my conversations and on the, either on the phone, he would, you know, I CC them on every email that I had. He checked my work every time, which was, I, I was super thankful for. Um, cause like I, I didn't know anything. I was just doing what I was told at that point. Um, but the questions, I got to ask so many questions during that time. It was so helpful. Um, and so that's where I really got to start off, you know, um, not only that, the clients were super, super understanding. And um, I got to listen to those conversations with James. If somebody called in and you know, I was honest, hey, I don't know the answer to that question, but my boss James does. Let me get them, let me get him on the phone with you. And so I got to sit in here and hear those conversations. Um, and then from there, growing into personal lines and commercial, it was um, a little bit different because at that point I was licensed. You know, I did know more about insurance. And so, um, I, I really took that knowledge that I had, but it was a lot, a lot of still asking the questions. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest parts of our, um, of our culture is don't be afraid. There is no stupid question. Like James has never once been like, why in the heck did you just ask me that? It's, he's going to make you think about it. You know, you've, you've always done that. It's, it's the, either you get the <laughs> don't know, don't care response or his, his line is, I don't know. What do you think? And it's going to make you think, I mean, it really does. You're like, oh snap. I gotta, I like, I have to have this answer. If I don't, I'm out of here or something like that, but it's not, you know, he's going to let you respond maybe with that really stupid response, but he's going to take it and you always, um, you always, applied it right. You always brought it down to our level and um, showed us the right way. Now, I think one of the biggest failures in classical management is that old line of don't bring me any problems unless you have a solution ready to go. Yeah. Uh, which, golly, you want to talk about suppressing important dialogue. Mm -hmm. What a great way to shut down dialogue before it even happens. I do not believe in that methodology at all. Uh, the way that I operate is a tweak to that. It's 
simply don't come to me with a problem unless you've thought about a potential solution. I want my people, and for development purposes, this is absolutely my leadership paradigm, is figure it out. Work through the process on your own. Analyze the factors that are contributing to whatever the problem is. Consider potential uh, solutions. And then after you've put some thought into it, whether you have a solution or not, doesn't matter. Put some effort into it yeah. first before you come to me. And and just know that if I know the answer, I'm going to help you arrive at that answer. If there is something that is objective and definitive, oftentimes, as we all know, there's very little in this uh, insurance industry that we all work inside of. Very, very little that is truly black and white. Yeah. Almost everything is various shades of gray. And getting people to take ownership of their role of not being that helicopter boss, Mm. of not coming in on a white horse and saving the day. I'm not interested in saving the day. I want to develop my team. I want to make people believe that they have what it takes to overcome big challenges. Uh, owning owning your role. I say that a lot. Ew, you know, yeah, <laughs> hey, for sure. It, it's your role. It's your space. It's your department. Figure it out. I'm happy to help, but put some effort into figuring it out first. I think too often we as employers, uh, we as, as supervisors have this hero concept of, oh, I want to I deliver the solution. Well, it's, it's almost like parenting in a sense. You know, it's obviously, you know, Brecklin and the people that work here aren't my kids, but in the same way that you want the kid, the child to work on it themselves, to come to a, a point of understanding or at least appreciate the value of grinding through a process of working to figure it out mm-hmm. before the answer is just delivered on a silver platter. So uh, I think that is probably central to how Riskwell does things and probably why the people that we have, you know, Bracklin and Addie and, and Rachel and, and Jonathan and now Carly who just joined, like yeah. she doesn't yet know it, but she's going to grow immensely. In, yeah, I mean, in, she already has like the knowledge that she has in the past two weeks is, is really cool to see. Yeah. It's, it really is. Absolutely. So, so moving to compensation, just talking very briefly, this is something that a lot of people have asked questions about because they, they've heard me on other podcasts and they've heard stuff from me on AFP about how so much of our success is due to the team. My basic philosophy is people need to be able to take a risk on themselves. They need to be able to earn what they're worth. And for some people, uh, for some roles on the team, due to what their job entails, a base is appropriate. And then for others, uh, in my professional opinion, it's a sink or swim sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have basically two different kinds of, of compensation for licensed individuals. For an unlicensed individual, we it's basically just a, a monthly base that is equal to uh, a good hourly rate. I don't believe in a time clock. Uh, we Hallelujah. don't. We don't track hours ever uh, here. I'm not looking at someone's lunch timer. We don't really have a hey, let me clock out and go to my doctor's appointment or whatever. Part of the culture here at Riskwell is simply personal responsibility. 
get your job done and you have quite a bit of flexibility on you know being here leaving early coming in late if you need to if you got to hop out for a doctor's appointment because of that our compensation is built on a, a monthly base rather than an hourly something or other mm-hmm. uh, my personal philosophy is if you're involved in regular client interaction of a sales or service uh, then you need to be compensated directly for your deliverables so our service team uh, brecklin's current title is relationship manager the comp plan that she has has a base and then she also has a revenue split uh, based on the accounts that she works uh, and that is regardless of carrier regardless of line of business we don't track anything other than just good old-fashioned dollars um, we have our comp plan based simply on a percentage of, of net agency revenue uh, and that is in my opinion that is a win-win because it gives the team the ability to grow their own income and that let me just say real quick very important i make no distinction between uh, new business and renewal income it is simply yeah. a percentage of revenue uh, for the producer yes there is a difference between renewal and new business because i pay all the expenses and i don't expect the producer to do service work we have some vas we have other ways of of taking care of the service side of things. But from a compensation perspective, on a high level, uh, our philosophy is everybody needs to be able to earn based on their deliverables. So, and I'm not going to put you on the spot and say whether you feel like that's, you know, what you, I know that you guys feel well compensated for your your deliverables. So, um, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot of here now in front of 500 downloads. Please, uh, in front of your employer, tell me how happy are you with your personal compensation? I mean, I'm pretty dang, <laughs> pretty, pretty dang happy with it. Yeah, especially after last month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, last month, <laughs> my was, husband was pretty happy too. <laughs> yeah, no, we had some fat checks last month. For That's, sure, that for was sure. it. Was a good month for sure. Um, yeah, everything's a little bit easier after a check like yeah, that, right? right? <laughs> well, but it's it's also really cool, like because you you did say it, it gives us room to grow. So whenever something comes in like that, like when it comes through the door like that, you're like, holy cow, I I got us there. Like I helped get that commission. Yeah. You know, like that's freaking huge. Yeah. So. Well, but, one of our carriers where we write a, a pretty high percentage of our real estate investors, uh, we have placed almost 1.2 million yeah in you know in force premium that's counting cancellations mm-hmm. uh in since january of last year when we got on with them then for an office as small as ours to have that kind of premium volume with a single carrier um that is just a major feather in the cap for addy and brecklin and, and the real estate team so um as as we as we move towards the finish line here, we're 47 minutes into this conversation, believe it or not. That's crazy. It's already <laughs> happened to that effect. Uh, let's talk about technology and systems and processes mm-hmm. and just the nuts and bolts of how you uh, do the insurance practice here at RiskWell. Um, there's been a lot of evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about the day-to-day? Like, how do you determine the best practice? Uh, is there... Is there a checklist? Is there something that you are using to decide, hey, you know what, this isn't working? Or maybe a better way of saying is, how do you know what the best way is to do something? 
Is it just an ongoing dialogue internally with the department? Is it leaning on me to deliver a framework to work inside of day to day living out the systems and processes? What does that look like for you? First off, I do have to say technology can make or break you. Um, and that is something we have seen because we have had a breakdown in technology at some points. Um, and so, and the clients will tell you the same thing. We've had several clients that come in and say, Hey, yo, this ain't working at this time. Like it's, it's not working for us. Um, and so we've, we've taken that into consideration, but, um, the technology is, it is huge. How your management system, like whatever that looks like, what your day-to-day pipeline looks like, all of those different things have a huge impact, especially in the REI world, uh, like we briefly talked about earlier. Um, one thing, um, some things that we really do is um, we make sure to take those notes. Each client has an account. Um, anytime they call in, what what information are they giving us? What changes do they need made? It is getting noted in their account. Um, and that is huge because if anybody else starts helping them, they have the access to go into that account and say, oh, okay, this is why Brecklin did this. That makes more sense now. Um, I actually had an instance yesterday. I didn't have that information, and it caused a breakdown in communication between the loan officer and I, um, therefore freaking out the client, you know? Um, and so if that process isn't followed, and I'll be honest, there are times that all of us forget to follow a process, um, and it... It can aggravate some of us, um, but it can it can break down the process. Um, and then really watching our inbox. Um, Addie actually put something into place, what was it, like a month after she got here, I think it was. Um, we have some different shared inboxes that we use, and um, we color coordinate. So each of us have a color. We use that. If you did that one, you check it off. Um, and so that's a big thing that helps us. But we do a lot of communication. The girls in the REI department, including myself, we sit in a front room together. We have our office. And it's a lot of um, conversation. A lot of conversation happens. A lot of writing things down. A lot of tasking each other. um, And not being afraid of doing that. You know, Addie is the leader of the REI department. But she's not, like, she does, let me try try that again. Um, She's okay with somebody saying, hey, this didn't get done. I need you to do that. You know, like being able to take that. James does the same thing. He's not in there all the time with us. But if we have something that we can't get done and it is very urgent, we're like, hey, James, this you got to get this done like now. Um, and so keeping those processes, reminding each other of the process, um, those are all huge deals. I love hearing that from you because that tells me that it's happening like I want it to be happening. I think the importance from a day-to-day process and system perspective, the two things that I would say are absolutely critical that so many people are just poor at is account notes Mm -hmm. and just tasking in a general sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have a green pad of sticky notes in front of me right now. (laughs) And if I look over to my right over here, there are five sticky notes on my desk. And those are just personal things that I'm using to jog and, and keep track of. Most days I sit down and I will literally just write out right in front of me and stick it on the desk the three things that have to happen today. Yeah. No matter what, these three things must happen today. And that's, I mean, we all do the same thing in the REI department. Jonathan does the same thing. We all have a notepad sitting next to us. 
So yes, we have those, um, those processes that we use, the pipeline that we use, but sometimes things slip your mind. Sometimes you overlook it. And so having that checklist right next to you written down uh, that you're able to cross off um, is a huge help. The, the platform that we have so much of our internal dialogue on is Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slack was one we were on before. Uh, Slack doesn't really natively integrate with a lot of other... Th- you can do stuff with apps and Zapier on Slack, but the Microsoft ecosystem is so seamless yeah. from SharePoint to OneDrive to Teams to uh, other things, you know, like the, the apps, you know, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, whatever. Uh, that ecosystem we found to be a really nice fit for our needs. And Planner is a built-in app that you can install inside of a Teams channel or a chat that is able to immediately task someone. And We have set up basically two buckets for each person. Each person has their own planner. And there is tasks from team mm-hmm. and then self-assigned tasks. And that is an area that we're working on getting better at, yeah. uh, specifically tasking. Uh, we've become really good at the notes. Uh, oh, yeah, the, for sure. The notes are a lot better than they used to be. The tasking is not as good as it should be. But, I mean, if we were perfect at everything, then we'd be unbearable to be around. And nobody would want to be around. Yeah. We'd yeah. just be obnoxious. Um, but I think the importance of figuring out for you, for your office, what are your core processes? How do you take those daily processes and and put them in the lens of your mission and values as a company? What are your core values as a company? What is the mission that you have stated publicly is why you exist? And then taking that and putting it into a day-to-day, you know, ground floor process that can be repeatable, that can be trained into someone else who joins the team. I think you would, you're shaking your head yes yeah. over here because that's the only way we can scale. For, in order for RiskWell to meet our goals, we need to add two or three people a year at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that successfully and, and in a repeatable, low-maintenance fashion is to have these systems and processes. And like Brecklin said, the technology is absolutely critical there. So For sure. Anything we missed, anything you wanted to add before we wrap up? We're basically at an hour. Again, I know for those of you that are uh, you know, listening to this now, if you're still listening, you're, yeah, go ahead and roll your eyes. Another episode is a full hour, even though I, <laughs> I wanted it to be about 45 minutes. That doesn't seem to be possible with Agency Freedom Podcast. So, uh, yeah, anything else from you, Reckland? No, I just, yeah. That's that's all for me. I just I just love working here. It's just fun, um, and that's what I would really encourage people. I guess um, those agency owners who are looking to hire on their team, make sure your culture is. I mean, that is the top notch thing. Culture has everything to do with how um, your business works inside, but also how your clients see you. And if if it's if it's a sucky culture, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be a it's going to be a hard time. So really really focus on that for sure. Straight from the mouth of hire number one. 
And that is the title of this episode, A Candid Conversation with Hire Number One. Uh, so thank you for that, Brecklin. Really appreciate your time. Sure, yeah. Folks, that's a wrap for episode 15. Thanks, as always, for your support. I'll ask the same three things that I do at the end of every episode. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Drop us a review if you see something of value, or I guess hear something of value, I should say. If you see a podcast, then <laughs> I want some special powers like that, man. Holy cow. And lastly, most importantly, please share Agency Freedom Podcast with someone in the captive world that needs to learn exactly how to make their freedom jump so they can reach their God-given potential in the greatest industry that God ever created to use a Jason Cassism. So that's episode 15. Thanks for joining us. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you soon. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.